0: From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing.
1: All right, well, welcome to another uh, episode of The Revealing. Uh, I am here, uh, as we uh, just heard, with uh, Pastor Robert Hello. And Chris Wing. Hello. And uh, we are here for another uh, episode here, and we're going to be talking uh, these next couple of uh, times we get together uh, about uh, the three different judgments in the Bible. Uh, You know, unfortunately, I think, uh, sadly, we uh, probably live in a day where many Christians uh, are very uh, unknowledgeable about this subject. Uh, They really don't understand um, that... uh, as Hebrews 9.27 says, that it is appointed to man once to die, but after this, the judgment, that we're all headed towards a uh, judgment, and uh, they really probably don't uh, have a good understanding of, first of all, which judgment they're going to, and, and then, of course, uh, what the basis of that judgment is going to be. I like to liken it uh, with uh, the idea of, you know, if uh, we were all in, in school and, uh, uh, the math teacher uh, told us that we're going to have a, uh, a test the following week on a Friday and that the, the results of those tests uh, will determine whether you get to spend eternity in heaven or if you will spend eternity in hell. And then turned around and walked out of the room uh, and just kind of left us all to our own devices. Um, first of all, not knowing what to study. Uh, not knowing what the math test is going to be, just knowing that it's on math, knowing that that's a very uh, big subject matter, uh, you know, we we would be kind of uh, all sitting there scratching our heads, going, "Well, what do we study?" I mean, and, and the importance of this test determines if we go to heaven or to hell. I mean, we we probably want to know uh, what's on this test. We want to know what is at stake here. Uh, well, we know what's at stake, but we want to know what what because of what is at stake, how we prepare for this test appropriately. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing is, um, we're here to tell you that God is very, very clear on what's going to be on that exam. And, uh, you know, it, it might do us well uh, to be equipped for it uh, and, and be ready for it. Um, so let's, uh, let's kind of just start here and, and discuss the three different judgments uh this episode uh we're going to spend more time uh talking about the judgment seat of Christ and then the next episode we'll talk about the other two. Uh but let's just kind of talk about what the three judgments are in the Bible. Uh so to, so we're all clear and 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 then make a uh <laughs> observation for who's going to which judgment because again I think that's uh pretty unclear. Uh so uh Robert can you describe to us real quick what the three different judgments are?
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um there are three, as you said, and um, not ironically at all. Um, there are, as we've talked about, three different people groups in the Bible, so it just makes sense that there are three.
1: 1 Corinthians ten thirty two, right?
0: Yes, sir. And so uh, each one of those people groups uh, being different people groups um, g- going to a, uh, a different judgment. Um, so you uh, have what the Bible calls the, um, as you mentioned, the judgment seat of Christ, uh, which is what we'll be talking about in this episode and that is for uh, the blood-bought believers um, who will stand before the uh, what the bible calls the judgment seat of christ and we'll read several passages soon about that and then there is um, another judgment uh, for the unbeliever uh, that um, the bible calls the great white throne judgment Uh, just a quick we'll get into this but a quick difference being uh, the judgment seat of Christ for believers, we are judged um, not for our sin, but for our works. Uh, once we're saved in his body, the great white throne judgment uh, being that judgment uh, for uh, the sin. Um, as believers, we our sins have been judged on the cross and, and paid for by the blood of Christ. So we will not be held accountable for that. Uh, but those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will uh, have to answer for that and be judged for that. And uh, that is what the Bible calls the Great White Throne Judgment, and then there is uh, finally the uh, Sheep Goat Judgment, uh, as as we uh, call that. Um, that would be for uh, the um, tribulation, uh, that dispensation I've uh, spoken about in Matthew uh, twenty four, Matthew twenty five, I believe it is, uh, where uh, the um, Jesus is um, talking about um, when when uh, when or the, or the disciples are talking with him and he's teaching them and, and they're saying uh, that, that he's saying, let me get my words together. When, when did we um, see, uh, when do we, uh, he who takes care of me, uh, he who um, uh, clothed me when I was naked, fed me when I was hungry, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that particular judgment, and correct me if I have my, my head on backwards here, but that particular judgment is the sheep goat judgment that he's referring to. Would that be correct? Yes. Yeah, Matthew yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So, um, so, uh, and th- again, each one of those for a different uh, people group and, and uh, different um, criteria for each judgment and uh, different uh, results, so to speak. Chris, you got
2: anything
1: do you want to add in there while we're... No, that was perfect. That was perfect.
0: Oh, that was perfect? Yeah. Wow, well, well thank done. you.
1: <laughs> not many things Robert does perfect, but that's uh, one of them. Yeah. That may have been the first. I mean, it sounded like he was all over the place, but you think that it was perfect? It sounded very imperfect, uh, but well, right.
2: I, I guess maybe we'll go with it. Generally speaking, um, not what you said was absolutely perfect, but just generally speaking, when I think about, let's <laughs> say that again, what you said was perfect. Generally speaking, when you're talking about uh, judgment, uh, uh, God, we have to understand that God is a God of judgment to begin with, um, You know, because you think about the way the world is today, people just like to talk about how God is love. And and they get that wrong, by the way, and understanding what what kind of love that is. But our God is not just a God of love; He's also a God of judgment, and, and He's you know His righteousness is a double-sided coin. And I think that that gets left out is the reason why people don't understand these judgments is because they don't even think about God being a God of judgment to begin with. So I think it's important that we identify that out out of the gate because you know if we're going to understand. Uh, who he really is we have to know that he's both a god of love and a god of judgment and that's what makes him a just god so and
1: and that's an important point because we live uh you know here we, here we are uh in this day and age and, and certainly we are uh, have heard much in the church about god's love and and listen we don't want to underestimate that uh you know god commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners he died for us so, certainly, God's love is uh, paramount. Uh, and, and, and the end of the story uh, is the fact that God is love. Uh, we only love him because he first loved us. So, please don't under, uh, think that we're underestimating uh, the, the importance of God's love. What mm-hmm. we're trying to make sure that we understand is that. Um, but that's not all the Bible says mm-hmm. on the subject. Uh, God is also a God of wrath. And, you know, this is a day that, you know, this isn't an argument that uh, is, has been made uh, just in today's realm. Uh, you know, even back during the time of Christ and, and, and during the time of the, the Gnostics, um, you know, there was a big issue of whether the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament were the same God, uh, because there seemed to be such a difference between how uh, avenge, you know revengeful and and wrathful and and some of the drastic measures, it seems that God took uh, to uh, to in the Old Testament with uh, not only his people but the surrounding nations. And then you look at the New Testament, and during this church age, uh, it seems like God's just the just the opposite. And here's the thing that we want to make sure we understand about that is obviously, God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament are not different gods. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're the same God, right? Uh, The the difference is uh, we are living in a dispensation where grace is is abounding. And uh, although God is still that same God of the Old Testament, uh, his mercy uh, and his uh, 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 long suffering uh, is, is having a special... Moment, if you can say that, mm. but but do know, uh, the moment's gonna pass, and his indignation is going to be uh, executed on planet Earth, uh, and and uh, we're gonna see uh, him in all of his wrath uh, during that seven-year tribulation, culminating uh, on the second coming of Christ. And uh, man, if you really just want to understand what the second coming of Christ is going to entail and what God's judgment and wrath is going to look like. Uh, Just take a look at Revelation chapter 14 near the end of the chapter where it talks about uh, how he's literally uh, going to uh, stomp the wine press uh, where people's blood is going to come up to the bridle of the horse he's riding on. Uh, And and, uh, it just doesn't, you know, we we look at that and we go, oh, that's not the God we know. Uh, Yeah, it is the God we know. Uh, And we need to understand that's how serious he takes sin. And, you know, we live in a day and age where we have minimized sin way too much. Uh, we, we don't understand just how God views sin. And because we have lost uh, respect for that, uh, I do believe that uh, many uh, Christians, let's kind of swing this back now to what we're talking about today. Uh, I think many Christians are, are very unaware uh, of what's coming. Uh, no, uh, you're not going to have to uh, deal with God's wrath and praise the Lord for that. Uh, that is, of course, assuming that we really truly are born again Christians. Uh, certainly, just because we say we're Christian doesn't mean we actually are. Uh, the Bible's very clear about some evidences that would uh, show forth uh, what a, what, a, what a biblical Christian looks like. Uh, and, uh, and, and and understanding that there is a judgment coming. and although we are not going to be held accountable uh, for our sin, uh, and by the way, again, I will say, praise the Lord, uh, that is because of God's mercy and because of God's love that we don't have to do that, uh, have to pay for them. Uh, he chose to pay for those sins on the cross, and uh, he, he gave us the path uh, so that we would not have to. Uh, but uh, that does not exclude us from a judgment. Uh, there is, still is a judgment uh, that's coming, uh, The Towards for, for every Christian, uh, and and certainly understanding what that cr- uh, judgment entails, and 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 as I stated in the beginning, it's like uh, the math test that's going to happen next week. Uh, knowing what's going to be on the test and preparing for it properly uh, is going to make all the difference in eternity. Uh, this you know, I unfortunately think too many Christians just think that Christianity is about getting a ticket punched, and you know once we get our ticket punched, well okay we're good we're saved. Uh, now what? We can just kind of go back to doing whatever we were doing. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, 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 that is not true at all. Uh, when you got your ticket punched, uh, now uh, what you need to realize is that God uh, had a purpose for you that got marred when Adam and Eve fell, and now you are to, uh, because you are have become the son of God that you were meant to be, uh, we need to stop acting like acting like the, the the natural man that we used to be, and start acting like the supernatural men that we uh, were meant to be, and and start doing the things that we were actually created to do. Uh, and and unfortunately, I'm not so sure that's what's happening in many, many, many a Christian church today. Um, we're we're too busy uh, helping people stay comfortable in their indifference. We're too busy helping people stay comfort, comfortable in their sin. And we're too busy uh, helping people think that we can make mistakes and God still loves us. And although there, that is true, uh, that doesn't mean that we should continue to make the same mistakes over and over again uh, and not be uh, allowing God to change us and transform us from the inside out. And, and really, that, I think that's the, the key to understanding what the judgment seat of Christ is all about. Um, so let's, let's do this. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, take a look at the verses uh, in the Bible, uh, and certainly uh, there's more we could go to, um, but these are the ones that are going to give us the, the, uh, the direct references that we need uh, to, to uh, look at this judgment. Uh, the first one that we'll look at is found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, uh, 10 through, I believe, 15. And uh, I think, uh, who did I have to do that? Was that uh, Chris? Chris, yeah, why don't you go ahead you and read those? that for us?
2: All right, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 15 says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth therein. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire.
1: All right, we'll we'll dig into those verses. There's a lot going on there. there. Um, so, but, but let's just go ahead and look at another spot here. Romans fourteen ten through 12.
0: But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God
1: and then um, 2 Corinthians 5:10 uh, uh Paul writes for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad so okay so clearly uh Paul tells us three different times uh that there is a judgment coming uh upon all believers and and that judgment is going to have uh, an accounting. Uh, certainly, Romans fourteen twelve tells us that we're going to have a, we're going to be accountable to something, uh, and that judgment uh, is going to uh, have a uh, a look not at our sins because uh, as we've already stated, uh, when somebody accepts Christ as Lord and Savior and receives Him, uh, not just believe but receives Him. Uh, they, and they are born again. Uh, their sins have been cast as far as yeast is from the West. This isn't a matter of sin being brought to the table. Uh, sin has been paid for. What has been brought to the table, as 1 uh, Corinthians 3 tells us, is that uh, our, our works are going to be made manifest. And I think this is where, uh, unfortunately, many uh, uh, a Christian has uh, very limited knowledge or understanding uh, about this because we look at verses like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, uh, you, know, uh, you know, for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. And someone would say, oh, see, we, we aren't judged by works. We're, 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 we're saved through faith. And, and, and listen, we have to understand, works prior to salvation and works after salvation are two different things. Mm-hmm. You can't work your way to God. That is true. Only God alone can pay the price. No questions asked about that. But after you become a Christian, there is a uh, a responsibility and a work to be done, uh, and and we call that, uh, biblically speaking, the work of the Lord. Uh, certainly, uh, John 17 gives us some some valuable information uh, what that work should look like. Uh, but to bear fruit. As disciples of Christ, so that God gets His glory only can come through the work of the Lord. Uh, So we do have a responsibility, and there is a work that we uh, we uh, uh, are bound to do. Uh, And James, I think, says it the best when you know he says, uh, you know, you know, basically, no, you're you're not saved by works, but show me your faith by your works. Like, like you can say you you believe. But if there's nothing to back up the e- and giving evidence, you know I, I, I've heard it said like this, and I've always really uh, thought that was a, such a great way to say it. You know, if you got brought to trial, if you got brought to trial and, and Christianity was, was what, what you were being tried for, whether you were a true biblical Christian or not, would the evidence prove that you were? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe not so much? And I think that's such a good way to look at it. And when we say the evidence, uh, you know, think about it. So if somebody goes on murder trial, they can sit there and say, well, I didn't do it. Well, okay. Just because you said you didn't do it (laughs) doesn't mean you didn't do it. The evidence is going to prove otherwise. Uh, Same thing in Christianity, man. Just just because people run around saying I'm a Christian. Well, okay, that's good. I'm glad you said you're a Christian. Uh, but does the evidence prove it?
0: Or the difference between believing and receiving. You can say you believe, but is there evidence or fruit that you've received Christ? Sure. A sure.
2: lot of people like to walk around with that,
0: that, that moniker of
2: Christian, but they don't like to live it. Well, they don't know what even that even looks like.
1: Well, I mean, listen, so just so, so we're all clear, you know, I, Iran sees America as a Christian nation. Are we a Christian nation? I would say we're so far from Christ- being a Christian nation; it's ridiculous, you know. So you talk to most people in, in our nation, uh, you know. And I think the the majority of people will say that they're Christian, uh, but <laughs> look at our nation. If the majority of the people were Christian in our nation, it'd look, a uh, it'd look a lot different. It look a lot different, and and so again, I, I would say just because we say we're Christian, uh, I do believe there is a major difference. Uh, between a biblical Christian and uh, uh, false Christianity that uh, unfortunately is parading. I do remember when we talked about, I can't remember if it was the the fifth or the sixth, uh, 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 accountability uh, stewardship we're supposed to have over uh, mystery. Uh, If I remember correctly, I think it was the sixth one, we talked about the the, the, uh, mystery of iniquity Mm -hmm. that is already at work do understand the mystery of iniquity comes from the antichrist antichrist why because christ, the christ antichrist is trying to be like christ right and so the deception is very real yeah uh, there are many people who claim even truly believe they are followers of christ when the fact of the matter is they're not following christ at all uh, they're finally antichrist and they're being deceived into things and they think that they're following christ um uh, but uh, you know, Paul warns: uh, there's another Jesus, mm-hmm. there is another gospel, and there is another spirit being received. And 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 you know, just because you think you are a follower of Christ, uh, the only uh, measuring stick that will prove uh, if you truly are a, a follower of Christ is the Bible. Mm-hmm. That is the authority. First John four one says we need to try the spirits, and and so we need to make sure that we really are following Jesus and that we aren't following uh, a a false Jesus. And and although that sounds very, uh, well, what gives you the right to judge kind of attitude, uh, I say that out of warning. I say that out of love. And I say that out of, hey, this is a very important subject Um, because, you know, Matthew 7 says, many in that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, and Jesus is going to confess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me. And, 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 and uh, you know, one of the, I think, one of the most scariest thoughts that I've ever had personally is, is thinking about all those people who thought they were following Christ and finding out on that day that they're not at the judgment seat of Christ. They're at the great white throne judgment. And, and as you're going to see here in the next couple, uh, between this episode and next episode, you find yourself at the great white throne judgment, uh, you might want to take heed because something bad's about to happen. Mm. Uh, you certainly want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And, and so what entails that? What gets us to the place where we know that the judgment seat of Christ is where we're going? I, I think that's important. We probably should spend a couple minutes talking about that. And then in the second, what is the judgment seat of Christ? I mean, what is it that we're going to be judged on? So let's talk uh, real quick. Again, these are probably and should be uh, Christianity 101 type of, 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 uh, under, uh, of understanding, but just to make sure we're all on the same page, what, what constitutes a biblical Christian? What does it look like? And, and how does somebody know they are a Christian? So, so, so let's first start with, uh, and we don't want to take a lot of time here, but enough time that people are, are very clear on what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Uh, Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So we don't want to just say what the gospel is. We want to know what the gospel is because we can, it's not just a matter of believing it. We have to receive it. 1 Corinthians 15. So I, I, one of you guys want to jump in and just maybe maybe talk about quickly uh, how does somebody get saved?
0: Yeah, so uh, the gospel is uh, found in chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses uh, 1 through 4. And it's in that passage right there where Paul lays out specifically that gospel that he's talking about in Romans 1.16 that he's not ashamed of, uh, the, this gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received... And wherein ye stand, uh, he, he didn't just say what wherein what you just believed or gave intellectual assent to or, or nodded your head at, uh, but that you have received it. Uh, and, and I liken that to, uh, you know, I, I could say that I believe the chair that I'm sitting in right now uh, will support me. I, I could tell you that I believe that all day long. And then when it comes time for you to say, all right, well, let's take a seat, and I refuse to sit in the chair. Why, why won't I sit in the chair? Well. I believe that it'll hold me up, but I I just don't really want to put myself into that, so to speak. And do I truly believe that? Have have I received that, as as it were? And the answer would be no. Uh, I haven't put myself into it, and and that's what receive is. Uh, But he goes on, and he says in verse 2, By which also ye are saved, speaking of the gospel, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And and so there's the um, tendency to uh, believe uh, the, the um, possibility to, to believe in vain and where that, that comes from it not being believing and receiving, but, but just, again, uh, believing in our minds, uh, kind of like I believe uh, George Washington was the first president of the United States. Okay, but, but that doesn't change my life. Uh, I haven't given myself to that. I don't put my trust and my faith in that, so to speak. I believe it, uh, but that's about it. That's about as far as it goes. Um, Not so, uh, Paul is saying, with Christ. But then he gets into verses 3 and 4, where he he tells us specifically what the gospel is. Uh, The gospel is not Matthew. The gospel is not Mark. It's not Luke, and it's not John. Those are the gospel accounts. Um, The gospel isn't the life of Jesus. The gospel isn't just the cross. Uh, and it's very specifically, Paul says, in verse 3, "...I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that," and here's the gospel, "...how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, how that he was buried..." and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And you see that phrase there twice in those verses, uh, speaking of the Old Testament prophecies that he uh, had to and did fulfill uh, in his death, burial, and resurrection. And John even uh, reiterates that sentiment of receiving in in, uh, John chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, "...for as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God." Uh, he doesn't just say as many as believe on him, uh, but, but he, he's, he goes as far as to say as received him. It's then and only then that we receive that power from him to be called sons of God, being so, born again. So can
1: you, uh, can you, yeah, good. Uh, tell, tell us, Robert. Okay, so I think if you're listening, obviously you can understand the difference between believe uh, OK, OK, I believe that Jesus died at the cross. I believed he died for my sins. I believe he was buried and he rose again. I believe that. OK, what we're trying to say is that's not biblical salvation just because you believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, devils believe that. Yeah. <laughs> OK, and they tremble. Yeah. Uh, so what what is it then? To, what does it mean to receive?
0: Uh, you, you have to, uh, as Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, uh, where we uh, are, are die to self, Paul says, uh, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. A- and so it's not just adding Christ to my life, but it's me dying to self. Uh, it, the Bible uses a very strong and pertinent word called repentance, mm-hmm. uh, where we... we um, based on us being confronted with the truth of the gospel and our, our sin before a holy God, that we uh, turn from our sin, that we turn from our ways, that we turn from trusting
1: in self. So we actually have to do something with sin. We do. It's Absolutely. Not, it's, not, it's not just God paid for my sin, now I'm free to do whatever I want. Right. So there's that, actually an ex- expectation.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's a gross abuse of salvation, of God's grace. Uh, to to First, just First John one nine, yes kind of
1: messed that one up a little bit. We use that as the Christian bar of soap when, mm-hmm. when that has nothing to do with that. That's yeah. salvation. Confess uh, your sins. For if we confess our us.
0: sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin yeah. and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh Which amen to every point of that. However, uh, like you said, we 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 tend to use and abuse that verse to make us feel better every time we sin, and sure. we just throw up a, a confession, as it were when we are neglecting uh, the call of Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, where he tells us to um, cleanse ourselves of all filthiness, of unrighteousness of the flesh and the yeah, spirit, perfecting I mean. holiness in the fear yes. of God um, a- as believers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, just, it's, it's that dying to... Sa- and that, that's not... A, you have to work to be saved. That's not what we're saying. But in, in order for Christ to be the Lord of my life... The Lord means master. It means boss. Uh, he, he, I can't be the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. We, we, he's not interested in co-reigning our, our hearts and our lives. Mm-hmm. So we have to yield to him, submit to him, uh, place our faith and trust in him. And, and that's simply just evidence in the fruit of our lives or or, or not lack thereof. Uh, John chapter 15, I believe, Jesus yeah. talks about that fruit.
1: There is herein is how my Father is glorified, mm-hmm. that you bear much fruit. Yeah, and that it abides. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to add anything, Chris?
0: Uh, there's a whole bunch
2: of stuff you can add there when we're talking about what it means, to what it actually looks like to be uh, biblically uh, saved or born again. Um, all the things that we just, uh, Robert was just talking about. But there's that important part that gets left out, if you will, in today's salvation quote-unquote message. I- and, and that's the, the whole idea of sin to begin with. Um, you can't realize how saved you need to be if you don't realize how lost you actually are. And in order to do that, we have to actually understand what sin really is. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that, it's not just that you, oh, you've sinned and drop, drop the word sin and then leave it at that. But we have to actually be broken over that sin. And, and 2 Corinthians yeah, 7.10. I, I think I know where you're going on that one. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. So there's a difference between you. your sorrow you got caught for something, which is the, the sorrow of the world, and that works to death, and godly sorrow which is understanding that you violated God's holy righteous law you've broken his his law of morality of what right is and you've come to a place where you understand that you've you've offended a, a holy and righteous God and that breaks you and that really just tears you down that you are broken over it that's the godly sorrow and in order for somebody to really understand the need for that beautiful wonderful gospel the good news You have to understand the bad news is that your sin separates you from God. There's none that doeth good. There's none righteous no not one, Romans 3 says, because there is no good person on this planet. We're all sinful.
0: We've broken his law. And, Chris, I I cannot count the number of times I've heard the, I'm doing my air quotes here, gospel presentation at at funerals, at church services, at camps, uh, what have you, and it's lacking. It's it's just gone. The um, the reality and the um, I guess the the understanding uh, both of the the preacher and the people who are quote responding to a gospel message who are simply just saying a prayer at the end of a service or coming to the stage and crying because you know some emotional tug at the heartstrings, and, and they think they're saved just by, like you said, a couple key words may be dropped here and there, but but there's no mention of uh, of sin. Uh, there's no mention of the blood of Christ. There's no mention of the wrath of God, John chapter 3, verses 18 and 36. There's no mention uh, of hell. There's no mention—it's just Jesus loves you, mm-hmm. and— you know, he forgives you. He wants to forgive you of your sin and come into your heart, kind of a thing. Right. And and re- and you have to mean this prayer and repeat it after me. It's and like then just come stating to, the Boy Scouts, you
2: know, I have entered, put your hand in the Bible. I'm, I'm in now. I'm yeah. in part of the club.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that's almost what it kind of has, has turned into is a club that you join, mm-hmm. and then people leave feeling good about themselves for a little bit of time. And, and but there's no, as we said earlier, there's no fruit that that. Um, it really, it is born. Uh, of no transformation! No, maybe there's some religious, um, uh, ev- uh, not even evidence. Some, some kind of religious work that follows, or you know, maybe you join a church and you kind of just get comfortable in a church and you start going to church and you feel like you're, you know, you just kind of become religious at best. But that doesn't mean you're saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Because we are in the name of convenience, in the name of relevance, in the name of political correctness. We are um, watering down the gospel of Christ because we don't want to offend people, because people won't come into our churches. People won't stay at our churches. People won't tie to our churches. People won't buy our books. People won't come to our seminars if we make them feel bad about themselves. Mm. And so we're going to just try to make them feel better and give them enough uh, uh of of the 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 necessary stuff, but sprinkle it with a bunch of sugar and other stuff to make it palatable. Tickle the itch- itching ears, I believe is the way that uh, Paul puts it. Sure,
1: sure. So how this is all relevant? And you're saying, wait a minute. I yeah, I feel we're like, talking, we're I like we're off task. About the <laughs> we can spend a lot of long time. Well, we're, on no, that. we're <laughs> not off a task. Actually, we're we're <laughs> oh, yeah. quite on task because that's, that's a requirement, of <laughs> course. Because if we're going to end up at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, we need to be biblically saved. Mm-hmm. We need to be uh, uh, born again, uh, and and so. What does that entail now? What, 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 what does it mean uh, to be born again? And, 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 and why are we spending so much time talking about this if we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ? Well, if you go to Romans chapter 6, uh, Paul says this, starting in verse 3. He says, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism in the death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And so here's the thing, okay? When you look back uh, at that Second Corinthians 5.10 passage, It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. And immediately what everybody will do is they'll say, oh, he's talking about what I'm going to do in my body. Mm. Because we're so Laodicean, we're so about us. Mm. See, here's the thing. This is why we spend so much time talking about what we just did. When you are crucified with Christ, you're dead. You are now to be living for him. The things that he did are to be the things that we do. His work becomes our work. That's what we're going to be judged by.
0: Yeah, First Corinthians six nineteen and twenty tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in us. We are not our own.
1: We were bought with a price. Right. Amen. Yeah. And, and so, um, what the why we spend so much talking time talking about that is because that will help us understand what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be all about. Our judgment is not going to be based on what we did in our body because that was judged on the cross. Our body should have died on that cross. Our judgment is going to be based on what we did when we now took him in his body. We understand we're part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, what does that mean? Well, we better understand what that means because that's what this judgment is all about. This judgment is all about uh, uh, building this foundation uh, where... As we uh, conduct ourselves uh, as quote unquote Christians in this world, uh, what we do, the work that we are involved in matters. And if the work that we are involved in is not his work, then it doesn't matter. You know, what is ministry? Most people don't really, un- well, I'm part of the, the, the bus ministry. Okay, uh, I, I hear you. I, I got gotcha. you. I go pick up kids or I go pick up people and I bring them to church and we're calling that ministry. I understand why people say it that way, but do understand biblically speaking, ministry is about the two things that are eternal and that's it. And the two things that are eternal is the word of God and the souls of men. Yeah. I think A-
0: we we've likened ministry to just something we do in church now and yes. we, we kind of call that ministry. We call
2: what we should call serving. We call ministry.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and so, okay. So when we are talking about Christian ministry, that's what it's all about. Mm. That is what Christ did when he was on earth. His ministry was about taking the word of God, him being literally the word of God, mm. and putting it into the souls of men. Mm. And so that's what, that is our objective here. That is what. why Christ didn't just take us to heaven the moment we became saved. We have a ministry now. Uh, Adam and Eve was supposed to replenish the earth with sons of God. Uh, they failed on their mission. Israel was supposed to replenish the earth uh, and bring the word of God to, to, to the people of the earth. The problem is Israel got so puffed up in God giving them the word that that and they thought they were the the special people. They forgot to do what they were meant to do, and they fell into idolatry and all the other things that, uh, and they became puffed up in their in their understanding. Well, okay, now we are in the church age. Uh, again, what w- God's mission's always been the same: The word of God into the souls of men, winning people to Christ, building them up in their faith, sending them to do the same. Uh, this is what. Uh, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be based on. Mm. We're not talking about justification right now. Mm-hmm. That's not, justification has everything to do with with the, the the believing in Christ and receiving Christ. Okay, that's justification. What we're talking about now is sanctification. Right. Yeah, and that's that word sanctification is the setting apart our lives for His use. And that is what we're going to be held accountable for. And that does involve work on our part. It does involve service. It does involve uh, commitment. It does involve accountability. It does involve a giving up of the old man uh, to put on the new man. And we will be judged based on it.
0: Yeah. And and all of those things are are 100% true. Uh, And it's not just doing those things it's how we do those things uh, because and this is very important and this is really where where it, you kind of um start to sift through some things here it's not just that we do certain things but again it, it's the motive behind why we're doing them it's the heart with which we're doing them uh, it, it, it's it, it's th- those things that are kind of you know only us and the lord know we, we could fool other people but, but we can't fool the Lord on that day. Uh, Paul says, we read 1 Corinthians 3 earlier, and he says, he, he warns us to um, be, uh, let me flip there real quick, uh, we, let me see here, verse, um, verse 10, he says, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, uh, talking about that foundation that is Christ. So he doesn't say... Take heed that you build, though that's what we're talking about, right? The work that we're doing, this ministry we're talking about, winning, building, sending, the work of the Lord, that is what we are building, and we can build using um, any combination of of a a variety of six different materials that he lays out there, wood, hay, stubble, and gold, silver, precious stones. All Each of those, by the way, having uh, biblical significance when you you compare Scripture to Scripture, what those things really are. Uh, But it's not just that we're building but it's how we're building and so if you are discipling somebody if you are are pastoring if you are uh counseling if you are witnessing uh, um, how you're when you read your bible when when you're praying you know those types of things why do you do those things uh what diligence are you giving it
1: and i would say are you doing them biblically correctly right you can disciple and be discipling incorrectly
0: yeah Absolutely. You
1: could be yeah. preaching in a pulpit and be preaching oh. incorrectly. <laughs> yes, big time. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you're not building anything.
0: Yeah, and, and exactly right. And, and so Paul calls himself there in the beginning of verse 10 in First Corinthians 3, he calls himself a wise master builder. And that's what we are. We are all builders, and we are called to be not just master builders, but wise master builders. And, and so uh, we need to be aware of how we are building We need to be aware of how and why we are doing what we're doing.
1: So let's talk, Chris. I'm going to have you jump in here in a second. Uh, Let's talk about those those things where he's where he says that uh, you build upon a foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, The wood, hay, stubble. Just so we're all uh, and I'm going to, Chris. I'm going to maybe have you talk about the five crowns here in a minute. Um, So the wood, hay, stubble. So understand. The way God shows this picture is that at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be this consuming fire, because our God is a consuming fire, amen? Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's going to take all of our works, because fire represents in the Bible judgment. Yep. Okay. And he's going to take all of our works that we did in his body. You See how he's looking at it? That just changes the whole picture if you see it that way. Stop, stop looking at it as what you did in your body and start looking at it what you did in his body. You, when, you, know, you know, we think of the song by Casting Crowns, right? If we are the body, right? Why aren't his arms reaching? Why, why aren't his hands healing? Well, well, it's Because what we do from the moment we got saved in his body matters. Mm-hmm. If we continue to live life for self, that's what's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to get cast into the fire. And What happens when you take wood, hay, or stubble and cast it into a fire? It gets burned up. It gets burned up. Did you lose your salvation? Nope. No. That, your salvation isn't what's at stake here. Okay. What got burned up was your works because you were too busy living for self and not living for Christ. Mm. Okay. Now let's say you are living for Christ. Okay. Well, crowns in the Bible... Uh, in the in the in the uh, New Testament, there are five of them that are mentioned. Okay, well, what do you build a crown with? Gold, silver, and precious, and precious stones, stones. <laughs> and that's what he's talking about. You, there are these crowns that you can earn. And by the way, I made reference to casting crowns. <laughs> uh, in Revelation chapter four, we find out what we do with these crowns that we earn. We cast them before the throne of God. On our wedding day. What a beautiful picture. But 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 do understand this. We already stated that there are probably many people that claim to be Christians that aren't. But let's say that we are. Let's let's now move into the realm of if you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you are a Christian. That that end of story. That's the only way you're gonna end up there. But let's say you end up at the judgment seat of Christ and you don't have any crowns. I, I mean you don't think that there's eternal ramifications for that? You see, what I think most people don't understand is is that there is an inheritance reserved in heaven for us, but we can lose parts of our inheritances based on our actions. And our rewards, we don't get any. Our rewards are earned. And those rewards are earned now in this life. And and that's what this gold, uh, uh, silver, and precious stones is. And so let's talk about the five. By the way, five is an interesting number uh, because five in the Bible represents death. And uh, I think it's interesting that there's five crowns that can be earned. Uh, Why? Because it's going to require death of self to earn any of these five crowns. Uh, So let's go ahead and uh, take some time here real quick and, and talk about these five crowns. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on them. Give references to where they are, and, and, and we can go from there. Go ahead, Chris. Mm-hmm. All
2: right. So, yeah, there's five crowns. That's the uh, the works that we're doing, and that's what we're earning by by ministry and doing the work of the Lord. Um, and there are two words in the Bible that, that are used for crowns, uh, Stephanos and Diadem. And these particular crowns that we earn are the Stephanos crowns. Which, by the way, is Stephen. Stephen, right. And we Acts, can go to Acts, uh yeah. Exactly. Right. The, the, the word diadem there is a particular kind of crown, and that's the crown that Jesus is going to wear because yeah. he is the king. That's a kingly crown. So these crowns, there's five of them uh, that we, we get to earn through doing the work of the Lord. And uh, so let's go ahead and talk about those crowns. So you have the incorruptible crown, and that is in 1 Corinthians nine twenty four and 25. This is also called the imperishable crown there. That's the crown that's given to believers who faithfully run the race, who crucify uh, every selfish desire in the flesh and point men to Jesus. There is the crown of rejoicing, which you find in First Thessalonians chapter two and nineteen, to those who faithful who are faithful witnesses uh, to the saving grace of God and lead souls to Jesus. That's that's doing the work of the Lord. That's winning, building, and sending. There's the crown of life, uh, which is found in you which, can see which it. has two
1: applications to it. There's a, it's found in James and Revelation.
2: James and Revelation, yep. James 1.12 and Revelation uh, 2.10. And so those who suffer tribulation and persecution and then also even unto death, martyrdom.
1: So there's a physical giving up of life, uh, James, and then there's a spiritual giving up of life, the church, Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, you can earn that crown in one of two different ways.
2: Right. Mm. And then there is the crown of righteousness, which you find in 2 Timothy 4, 8, to those who love the appearing of Christ, who anxiously wait and look forward to the day when he will return. And then there is the crown of glory, which you find in 1 Peter 5, 1 through, I put in the uh, first four, four verses. Uh, this crown is, uh, it's not just one that people sometimes who know about this would say is reserved for pastors, but it's to those who feed the flock. It's so to anyone who ministers the word of God in the body of Christ, we would, we might say that that would be like discipleship where we're building people up in our faith. That's the second part of the work of the Lord. You win and then you build and then you send. So it's not just for pastors who are leading the flock, but it's also for those who of us as Christians who are to be building people in their faith by doing discipleship. Um, and so those are the, those are the five crowns.
1: And and Robert, do you want to throw anything in there before I?
0: No, I just I th- uh, I said no, but then I say but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but yes. So yes, <laughs> there in in uh, Philippians chapter four and verse one, uh, speaking of the crown of rejoicing, uh, you mentioned First Thessalonians two nineteen. Uh, in for, uh, Philippians four one, Paul calls the brethren his joy and crown. Yeah. Speaking of that crown of rejoicing, um, he he calls them. He says, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, speaking to them, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And so just, again, the word of God and the souls of men.
1: So if you're listening, what, what, what we're trying to get at here uh, and, and, and trying to help us uh, understand is that what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be based on is, is, is not your salvation. Uh, that, was, that was taken care of on the cross what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be based on is what you did in his body uh, after you got saved. Each one of those five crowns requires a death of self uh, to, to earn the crown. Each one of those five crowns has everything to do uh, with ministry. The word of God into the souls of men. Uh, you know, uh, each one of those crowns can only be earned uh, by work. You actually have to do something. Uh, so the point is, uh, you know, if you just think that, well, I'm saved now. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to, or, or maybe I do go to church, but I don't really get involved. I don't do anything. I just go to church every other day. I, I do my, I'm doing God a favor. I go do what I'm supposed to do, and, and I, I'm obedient to what he tells me. Are you really being obedient to what he tells you? Uh, because, you know, I, again, we need to understand what the purpose of the church is. The purpose of the church is to bring glory to God. And how does God get his glory? Well, John fifteen eight tells us by bearing fruit. These five crowns have everything to do with bearing fruit.
0: And we ought to really step back and evaluate, again, not just what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And sure. I would even go so far as to say, Every Sunday or Wednesday, or whenever you go to church, what are you doing? Uh, Why are you there? Are are we just standing there singing songs and just repeating lyrics because we have them memorized, but we're not really praising and worshiping the Lord in our hearts? Are we just sitting there during a sermon and just kind of haphazardly listening or letting the words fall before they get to our hearts or leaving and not doing anything with them? Uh, Are we uh, in discipleship? Are we just trying to throw something together last minute? Are we when we're counseling, uh, pointing people to worldly wisdom, you know, what are we doing in uh, the everyday uh, "quote unquote" ministry of our lives? Um, because when we stand before the Lord and 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 the fire of His judgment passes through uh, uh, that that building that's on that foundation, and what's left is either wood, hay, stubble, or, or gold, silver, precious stones. Um, whatever we have left over, we're going to give to Him anyway. And what we've said to him in the essence is, Jesus, this is what I thought of you. Mm. This is what I think you're worth when we lay it before him. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I think of your blood. This is what I think of your holiness. This is what I thought of your word. And uh, that can be a, a, a um, sobering thought and a convicting thought, or it could be, depending on what we're doing with, the, with these things we're talking about, that could be a, an exciting thing. I can't wait to present to Jesus what I thought he was worth in this life. Yeah, let's let's
2: not deceive ourselves and think that once we got saved, like you were saying earlier, Pastor Frank, that you got your ticket punched and that's it, and now I have free liberty and Christ and can do whatever I want. We, the reason why God didn't take us home the minute we got saved is because he left us here to do that work. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why we are left here, to make other sons of God, to bring him glory. So let's not deceive ourselves and think that that, that there's there's nothing after getting saved that's when it just that's when it begins. You were born again you have a new life that you're supposed to be a new creature and that's when it begins it's not when it ended it didn't there wasn't a stamp on that, uh, that card and punch that card and you were done that's when it started okay right. and now don't deceive yourself in thinking that, that there's nothing left to do there's a lot to do
1: and I just want to close saying this because Robert, I think you hit on something there. you know if you really want to understand what the judgment seat of Christ is about. Uh, it really is about the true essence of what worship really is. You were talking about his worth-ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in Romans 14, uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, how we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, Paul says, for it is written, as I live as say the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And, and that bowing to him, uh, that is the true form of worship mm-hmm, in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, listen, uh, I get, we call it worship service. I, I get people think because music's being played, we're worshiping. I, I get that. It's, 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 it's something that has been ingrained into this, uh, 20, 21st century church. I, I understand that, but, but, but biblically speaking, that's not true. Uh, You know, if you want to understand what real worship is all about, uh, if you want to understand how God prepared worship for his people, uh, you have to go to the book of Leviticus to get that answer. And interestingly enough, music is not mentioned one time in the book of Leviticus. So uh, let's just be clear about that. Uh, Sanctification involves consecration. It involves being holy because he is holy. It involves Breaking these broken vessels and letting God remold them as the potter's clay to be meat for the master's use. that's where the judgment seat of Christ is going to come in and what you did in your in his body after salvation is what's going to be at stake at the judgment seat of Christ and if if you're listening and and, and You say, you know, hey man, I'm saved, I'm good, I go to church, you know, I do some stuff, that's all great, that's all good, Uh, there's some good things in that, Uh, but I just, uh, and I think we uh, would implore you, listen, uh, don't just let justification be your story. Uh, Sanctification needs to be your story so that when your glorification happens, uh, and that, of course, is when we go through the judgment seat of Christ and we get our new bodies, your glorification is going to go well. Uh, you are not going to um, suffer loss uh, as, as 1 Corinthians 3. Uh-huh. You know, 1 John eight uh, says, Look to yourselves uh, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Uh-huh. Well, what the heck's he talking about there? Uh, that's the sanctification that we did what what it was we were called to do. We we build, uh, we won people to Christ. We built them in their faith. We we sent them out to do the same. We earn crowns along the way, and 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 in doing so, uh, we are able to obtain our full inheritance. We earn rewards, our full rewards. We put on our wedding dress so that we weren't naked, Proverbs 31, on that day. We were the virtuous woman that we were called to be. I, I, I think of uh, Proverbs, uh, I think it's 12.10. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or, or No, 12.4, where he says a virtuous woman mm-hmm. is a crown to her husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but what? What's rottenness to his bone is a, is a woman that didn't do what she was called to do. Let's be a crown to our husband. I really think that's what the judgment seat of Christ is all about. And, and we really need to take this seriously because this is the next stop for the Christian. Mm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Let's
2: not think that the, uh, the earning of those crowns and the, uh, the works that we do are, are for us in any oh. way, shape or form. Lest we, we get puffed up. Him. Yeah, we I mean, cast them before those him. Those stones are going to be made into the crowns that we are going to cast before him that he's going to wear. So it's not for us. It's yeah. for him.
1: And remember what it says in his return on Revelation 19. It says, on his head were many, many crowns. crowns. Diadem crowns. Where did he get those crowns from? <laughs> from his church. From his church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this is a serious thing. He takes it seriously, uh, and we certainly need you to. We need to be that wife that we've been called to be, uh, and we do that now. All right, amen. amen. All right, next time we're going to talk about the uh, other two judgments in the Bible, the sheep goat judgment and the great white throne uh, judgment. So uh, we hope to see you then. Thank you
0: for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.